Our scripture today comes from Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus, chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and preached peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to, to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of this word. Amen. Welcome to our Reflection on Sunday for July 20th. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis, and it's a blessing to look at this scripture with you again from the Book of Ephesians, uh, Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus, uh, chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. As as we deal with this truly, um, uh, it's an inspiring conversation of the reality that Christ came to be the cornerstone of peace and not the epicenter of hostility. Now on Sunday when we looked at the scripture, we looked at it from the narrative of the cultural diversity. Uh, we looked at it at the narrative of a deep-rooted history based on new ways and new ideas coming in and finding the same place at the table as those who had been a part of the path. Uh, we looked at it through the ideas of how that we can have these cultural identities and these faith identities and and move into this place of of worry and and concern when things start to shift in a new way and the things that we hold on to as our foundation begin to be challenged and we start to think maybe I need to shift on this new path 
Oh, we looked at that in the cultural conversation between the Jews and the Gentiles as the Apostle Paul uh, uh, shares uh, again. I'll, I'll share this with you. It's verses 17 through 18. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father of one spirit. How Jesus Christ came to be the unifier of faith and came to be the one that removed hostility, took away foreigners and strangers and made us all fellow citizens at the table of grace. Now, Sunday was the external. It was the communal. It was the cultural. I, I really want to try to look at this in the singular today. I, I wanted to look at through the eyes of Michael Drew Davis or whoever you are watching this, what, what does this pertain to you as an individual and how do we deal with the places where we have been the ones that have had the deep rooted faith traditions that have given us our singular identities and faith and how do we deal with seeing a world that is constantly changing and constantly challenging us to take Jesus Christ to new new places when we're called to go ye all the, go ye therefore in all nations how do we deal with being called to go to new nations that we once upon a time because of our faith identity would have avoided how how do we deal with that that's what i would like to look at today and instead of looking at two different cultural identities, I want us to deal with our reality that we are constantly changing souls as human beings who celebrates a faith, a faith that is constantly the focal point, should be the constant focal point of creating peace and creating access for everyone to the Father by one spirit. I'll share this narrative very personally with you. I, I personally feel I am a radically different follower of Jesus Christ as a 46-year-old than I was as a 14-year-old. We look at, look at X amount of years of journey. I know it's 32 years, but I just don't want to do the math and realize how much I've aged. But I'm a radically different person in, in these years of, of following Jesus Christ. There are things in which that I adopted into my uh, foundational identity and finding my faith, finding out who the Lord Jesus Christ is to me, finding my place in the a foundational development in my faith practice, that the things that I do, I say that I preach about as a 46-year-old are so radically different that, that I wonder if I'm the same person. There's a reality that we have to deal with in, in being a living, breathing, flesh-wearing existence. And it's a reality that we are changing. 
There's a reality that when we live in a greater culture with others who are constantly changing, we are living in a world that's constantly changing. There was a, there was a phrasing, a catchphrase that I heard my pastor share so many times as I grew up going to church. And I celebrate it as a reality. I just see it differently now than I did as a 14-year-old. And that phrase is this. I serve a God who is the same today, yesterday, and always. I serve a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I serve a constant, consistent God, and I'm blessed by that. I share that with you as reality. Now, the way that we deal with the reality, and I want to pull this scripture and the dealing with that reality that's where this phrase, I serve a God that is the same yesterday, today, and always, the way we deal with it, 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 it makes that statement either an anchor or, or a very exciting uh, uh, catapult that can send us to new places and new ways and new opportunities. I, in my heart's investment, I have metamorphosized that phrase. I have changed that phrase. I've transformed that phrase over the years. I serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I live in a world that's constantly changing and constantly moving and constantly evolving. And the quest in my life is how do I take my consistent God into an ever-changing world. But that's the conversation I feel we need to have with ourselves. That's the conversation I know I need to have with myself as I am dealing with what it means to be the ones who is truly going into all nations as Christ commanded in Matthew 28. Now, I I'm going to try my best to affix this phrase in this conversation that the Apostle Paul is having in Ephesians chapter 2. So, again, as we carry this narrative through, I'm talking to you through my personal narrative, and if it connects to your personal narrative, right on. But deal with me. There are parts of me within this conversation, and again, based on the conversation we had this last Sunday, there are parts of me that feel very connected to, this was the phrasing that the Apostle Paul uses, uh, he, to, to, to those who were near. There are parts of me that, that feels like those who are near. Now on Sunday when we had our, our sermon, I shared that as the people who were very dedicated to the history, who were very, found their identity very enriched in the history. They, they found their personal faith DNA enriched in this history, and they have always been uh, fighting to draw near. And in the narrative that I use Sunday morning, and, and I see this in myself, I see it as this conversation of where are the places that I fight so hard to stay comfortable in? Where are the places that I don't want to change? 
that I want to stay near to the things that help me find my identity with Jesus Christ. Now, again, I'm, I'm not trying to propose that it's a negative to have this foundation that we stand on in our faith. I, I'm not trying to propose that there is a negative of having this lifelong rooted connection to a very specific practice because it's where we find our comfort. It's where we find our freedom. It's where that we find our rest. It, th these are the places that we go to fill our cups so that we can go out and share that holy water with other people. I, I'm not trying to propose that it's, it's bad to only ever be the people that are near, uh, but I do want to share, we also have to be willing to open our eyes and open our hearts to have conversations with those who are not near, uh, those who are far away in this phrasing of the Apostle Paul. We need to be at least willing to have the conversations and, and explore the new paths and explore the new ways because not everyone is going to find Christ the way we find Christ. And I'll share with you, dear friends, we will not always have the full-hearted, deep-rooted connection to Christ that we had from day one if we only look for the Christ that we know. It's possible to kind of uh, lose our path even though we're trying to stay near. Sometimes the ever-changing world is a benefit to us because we see Jesus Christ in a new light and it becomes new, more exciting. But yet, there is still that desire to only ever be in that comfortable place. So, as we live and grow, we get forced into very uncomfortable places. We see things happening in the world, and if we're willing to look at those things with open eyes, I hope that we receive what we're seeing with a question. How can Christ exist there? How can grace move there? How can faith thrive there? Not the question of defending what makes me comfortable. Not, the, not making the statement, I've never done it that way before, so we should never do it that way. But beginning to have the conversation, wow, that makes me really uncomfortable. Why? And if we ask the right questions, if we pray through the right conversations, if we research and learn, we either learn that we're uncomfortable with this, yes, the, a reality, because we should probably stay away from it, or, or there's also a very fruitful possibility that we do the work, we do the research, and we see these things that are far away from where we are, and we look at them uncomfortably, and we begin to ask the question, how can I take Jesus Christ there too? How can I learn about that? How can I grow? How can I find a place of, of attempted understanding so that I can have the right conversations and have the right 
interactions so that I don't move into this place with a heart of hostility, trying to change it and pull it closer to where I feel comfortable, but willing to step out into those faraway places so that Jesus Christ can help me grow so that I can introduce Christ and let Christ's love start to touch other souls as well. There's so much, <laughs> so much that I proclaim in, in my sermons that I don't know that I would have even thought to have prayed about as a 14-year-old. There's so many tools and, and instruments that I'm able to use within my faith that I, I thought that God would have me set, set aside because there were things that were far away. But as I look at my God, who is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow, and I look at this ever-changing world, world and, and using the Apostle Paul's words that seem so very far away from what I've been trying to stay near to, there's sometimes that we feel the calling to step away and to learn more. That, that's where this language, it becomes very important to look at Matthew 28 in this language. As we use the language of staying near to the things that keep us personally comfortable, and we use the language of things that are far away from us that create discomfort, but hopefully inspires us to ask questions and to learn and to grow, then we begin to hear the language of Jesus Christ in Matthew 28, and then we become inspired to go ye therefore into all nations, even if they are uncomfortable and far away. There's so much conflict that exists within our lives when we're, when we're dealing with who, our, who we are and we're dealing with who we will become. It, it was a blessed part of many of the conversations I had in my 20-plus years as a youth director having these conversations with these young people who are not just trying to find out what they are going to do and how to interact with the greater world. They're literally, they're literally trying to figure out who they are and trying to figure out what their identity is. And man, some of these conversations with ninth, 10th, usually 10th graders, most commonly this conversation with, with 10th graders, dealing with who their identity is and dealing with who that they would become and also trying to deal with, you know, who they were to get there. And sometimes who they would become was way different than who they were. And going through that conversation is that's okay as long as you see the fruitful benefits of where you're going. Looking at this, looking at this conversation, and looking at the Apostle Paul's uh, attempt of de-escalating hostility with this conversation, I I want to use it as a conversation to de-escalate hostility within ourselves. We we have our emotional ideal when we're when we're kids. All of us wanted to be a fireman or a ballerina or baseball player or fireman or professional wrestler or dentist or surgeon. Who, who knows? We, had, we all had these things that we daydreamed about being, and very few of us got there. 
But what happened is we didn't dishonor our identity from where we started the journey. We didn't dishonor ourselves because we didn't become professional basketball players. What we did was we actually found a way to grow and move to find our identity serving our consistent God. And as we are finding and fighting and learning about ourselves through this consistently changing identity, many of us got to the point where we found out who we were always meant to be. We just didn't have the right conversations and we were too far away from those places to understand them. That's a very beautiful thing about who we are in Jesus Christ. I do. I, I believe that God knows who we are and who we're going to be and where we're going to get. I believe in that. I also enjoy the reality of free will. And I enjoy, enjoy the reality that there'll be times that we'll make boneheaded mistakes on this journey. And sometimes as we're getting closer to our far ways, we'll stumble and fall back. And we'll have to run back to our nears so that we can fill our cups again and get restarted and a step forward. The beauty of trying to affix the Apostle Paul's conversation into the narrative that I'm having for this one is that there, there's a place of personal forgiveness in this. There's a place of personal forgiveness if we find ourselves 32 years later, feeling radically different about certain topics and certain ideas than we did when we were 14 years old. There is this idea that Jesus Christ wants to come and remove the hostility of change so that we can continue to move forward into our fulfillment of who God needs us to be. Instead of fighting and scrapping and feeling disappointed and feeling like a disappointment as we move away from the things that have helped us find our identity, when we can move forward with that idea of what the Apostle Paul shares in this scripture as moments of reconciliation in Jesus Christ, that's even personal reconciliation within ourselves, so that we can look at the world around us the ever-changing world around us. We can look at the ever-changing individuals that we are, and we can turn back and say thank you to the consistent God that never stops loving, never stops cheering us on, and never stops supporting us as we go on this journey. That's the actual blessing of the consistency of grace. That's the actual blessing of the consistency of God's love. As we move forward with this consistent love and this consistent grace, we can take chances. We can step towards the far away, even though that it's scary and dark and worrisome. And we can know that there is a love that will hold on to us and not let go and just hold us. And care for us, no matter how scared or worried we may become as we deal with the changes of living. That consistent reconciler, who is Jesus Christ, who even helps us reconcile our changes within ourselves, 
so that one day we can look backward and say, thank you, God, for being so consistent that even though that I may feel so radically different about things than when I started, I know that your love has not changed at all about what it feels about me. Hold on to those things. Cherish that narrative. And may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love, even as we change. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.